What's up, world? Welcome to Amanda Plus One. It's your host, Amanda. And my plus one today is a tall black woman, a lesbian, a foster child, an artist, an entrepreneur. At least that's how she describes herself in her book titled, How the Hell Did You Do That? Amongst all that, Octavia Yearwood is an award-winning author, a public speaker, a curator, a life coach from Queens, New York. And she's currently based in Miami. She's a Panamanian-American artist who, if you know her personally, then you know she is the life of the party. But most importantly, though, she's a beacon of light not only to the youth in Miami, but also to the artist community. Hi, Octavia. What up, though? <laughs> Thank How you for you coming. Doing? Okay, okay, all right. I did, all right, okay. So You're you like, read the know. book? Yeah, I read the book. You did what? the book, too? Yeah. And it's funny because okay, I want to finish. That's a rare double yes. Yes. When it comes to my book, people get so excited about the stories that they never get into taking the stop and actually going through the workbook. Yeah. So exactly, it's a workbook. It's mm-hmm. it's a guidebook. So it like it pushes you to learn, like exercise what you just learned. Mm-hmm. So you in this book. Why don't you tell me about the book? I'm over here trying to talk about your book. No, but. I want you to do that. You read it. It's not, it's it's for me. It's even more enjoyable to come for it to come from someone who's read it, and then we can get into my reasoning. But I definitely would love to hear yeah your well, feel or synopsis. I loved how it was a, a a lot of things in one. So it was a, a memoir. It's about you. It's about your 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 upbringing, your upcoming, um, but then also about the way you think. And your mm-hmm. travels and what you learn throughout your life. And then you're also inspiring the reader to look at these same things that you looked at in your life themselves in theirs. At the end of every chapter, you ask a few questions. You leave a few lines in space for folks to to answer them or at least to think on them. And you, I don't know, it's a, you're, you're, you're inspiring, <laughs> you're guiding the reader, but also we're getting to know you. So we understand where these questions are coming from, mm-hmm. where the, any internal confusion that you've ever had is coming from. We know all of that. And then it, I don't know, it somehow really drives the reader to want to really think about it themselves in their life, especially if they weren't like, I was not a foster child. I grew right. up, you know, I had an untraditional, unconventional upbringing, but right. I wasn't a foster child, but still I was like, okay, well she's asking it, she's telling it. Let me see what, what this applies for like in my life and, and so on. So I feel like I want to thank you for just birthing that book and, and bringing it out in, into the world. And wow. That, well, what, what did it, so that was a great synopsis. So clearly I don't, <laughs> At this point, I don't even need to give the synopsis because that was a really great synopsis <laughs> of what it is, what the journey of the book is for the reader. That was my intention. But I'm curious to know, was there any aha moments for you? Were there any ding dong? You know, like, although there were not, we didn't share a whole bunch of life experiences. I don't know much about you, but like, what were the things for you? Well, this there's this one thing you said, you said, I have it here. Um, You always know when you're not living up to your full potential, Mm. you know? And I read that and I was like, it's true. Because when you say, I tried my hardest, it's like, but did you? Because it's okay if you did. Sometimes you know you really tried hard. Like, there's there's like raw, there's nothing in there left. Right, right. Like, I did everything. I poured it out. And sometimes you don't, you know? And then another thing was the division that you did of, like, there's you and then there's super you. And I was like, oh, you're super self. And, and, and. We also saw the point in the book where you decided to choose your your super self. And then I read 
your upcoming in your life. And then I see you and like, I met you a few times and just seen you out there. And I can tell that you literally did tap into your super you, like you mm -hmm. are your super you, you know, mm -hmm. and other aspects will come out and you'll deal with them as they come. But you know that there's something else inside you. Those were the the main two things I, that stuck I, with me. I, first of all, my heart, okay, <laughs> it's melting because, you know, I wrote that book. Um, I didn't want to write a book. <laughs> you know, you, you, you wouldn't be able to tell by how much intention, but I'm the type of person that if I make a decision to do something, I'm, I'm just going to go ham on it. I'm just going to make it the best that I think I can do. Um, but I didn't want to do that book. I, I cause I, I always felt like my story was, uh, was something that was just like sad and that people wanted to, mm -hmm. people were just so impressed by who I was because of what I went through, not because of like who I am. Which to me is kind of sort of was like, eh, like, yeah, that was a part of my story. That was what I experienced. But like, I'm great now because I chose to be not in, not, not necessarily in spite of, I don't mm. think, but that's, you know, maybe it was in spite of, in spite of some aspects. I, I obviously was intentional about not wanting to be like my mother. And that was a real driving force. And I didn't want to be stereotypical, but like, I guess I, I guess I did, but I just didn't like it uh, being so highlighted. I didn't like my past being highlighted, but that was because I was running from my past. I was hiding from my past. Mm -hmm. Like even when you just read the thing and said, she's a foster child, I'm like former foster child. Mm -hmm. I'm not a foster child anymore. You know what I mean? Like there's so much that I realized I was trying to detach from instead of owning it and allowing it to be a part of the fabric that is myself and then allowing myself to tell that story to actually help somebody else like who I was. So that book was made because I was like, what would the book look like that I would have wanted when I was younger? Mm -hmm. Because there's no playbook at life for real. We don't know what to do. And a lot of times parents, you know, being a parent is hard. I've, I've watched it. I'm not a parent, but I understand and I acknowledge the toughness of, of parent parenthood but I just still feel like parents don't teach enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this is also why a it takes they say it takes a village to raise a child. So I wanted a book that if a young person in my position when I was younger reads my book, they'll at least have a playbook of and they'll be able to know how to pay attention to some of the shit that they need to pay attention to and plant the seed. There's so many seeds that get planted. And if you plant the right ones, them shits grow and they and they they're nice mm -hmm. and they actually flourish and and things become great. And so I was like, let me be someone who can plant a seed, yeah. and whoever reads this book. I loved. I saw this video that you went to a school and there was all these students around a table and everyone was taking turns reading and kind of workshopping and, and guiding. Oh yeah, that was the book workshop that I do with or nonprofit organizations and schools. Yeah. Yeah, I felt that so like. It's so deep and it and it works and and from there kids can appreciate to read they can appreciate like I remember when I first started reading early on I was like reading self help books and I'm like oh my god someone wrote this or oh shit I used to think this oh like this is in my head but yeah. now I'm reading it on a paper mm -hmm. written by somebody that I don't even know like how and I started to right. find that like things in life or ways that I think or in the ways that I felt really alone they were actually out there and there was other people experiencing these things and that's the thing. It's and important that's why this to know that works. you're not alone. Yeah. 
100%. Especially being young. So you're from New York. You're from Queens. Like What you, it is, though, yep. And you were part of the dancing scene for a while out there. Like, how was that, oh, that yeah. point in your life? What year was were those? Ooh, um, first of all, what we're not going to do is age <laughs> me on your show, okay? <laughs> I have gone into the age realm where I no longer talk about it, okay? <laughs> I am just who I am. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> No, but um, <laughs> but um, back in the two thousands, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I um, I I started off in the New York dance scene. I was um, I was I was pretty well known, but it was interesting because, so, I you know as much as there's like this negative delusion, there's also positive delulu, <laughs> and that's me. I feel like I've gotten where I've gotten in life because I've literally leaned in on this positive delulu doesn't work in relationships so don't do that <laughs> however it does work well in this game of life and ambition and so i when i first started off becoming being a dancer i was like 18 and uh and i got i didn't get nothing like i was i was one of those girls in the movies where they're like thanks for coming <laughs> thanks for coming <laughs> We'll take one and everybody else, thanks for coming. <laughs> and so I was always a part of that thanks for coming group. And I was like, damn, yo. I was like, all right, well, maybe this dance thing ain't, ain't for me. But I had made some friends at auditions and stuff. And so it was just one guy. His name was Guy. Ironically enough, Italian dude. <laughs> <laughs> guy thought probably something like that. Anyways. <laughs> Mama, man. Uh, and so he, Wade Robson was having an audition for the Wade Robson project on MTV. And he was like, yo, Octavia, come with me. And I was like, nah, I'm, nah, I'm not going. And he was like, come on, just come for me. I want support on the line. Like, cause that was, that was back. That was back when, you know, uh, Diddy was doing, was doing, uh, making the band auditions. Like that was during the time frame where, that was what was happening. And um, and so I was like, you know what? Fine, I'll go. So I go with him and I'm on the line, right? And I'm over here like on the line, I'm like doing Britney Spears slave for the camera. And I'm like, fuck you if you don't pick me. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> you know, being being a young New York City girl. <laughs> mm. You know what I'm saying? We a little wild for the night, you know? <laughs> and so I get inside and I'm like, oh shoot. I'm like, in here for real. I'm like, oh damn. And so I wound up auditioning, even though I was going to just stand in line with him. I wound up auditioning. Cause, cause what you going to do? They're like, all right, you, you, and you. And it's like, Oh no, no, no. I'm just here with a friend. Like, yeah, nah, no. you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take it. You gotta, you gotta go, go in. You gotta step in. My first callback. My first callback was from Wade Robson. Yes. When you so you think you can dance this. Wade Robson. Michael Jackson's protege, Wade Robson. My first ever callback was from him. And so I'm sitting there before we go into the second round for, for the auditions. And it's like I'm in fame. The movie Fame, mm -hmm. where all these all the arts kids just dancing around, everybody, ah, and like stretching and all this. And I'm just like, whoa, this is crazy. You know? Because I'm like, I never even, I had never been even to a dance class. I might have been to one. 
And it was like around that time. Like I had never even been to school for day. Like nothing. I had no training whatsoever. So it was really crazy to be in there with everybody. And um, so anyways, I come back out. And actually what happened was was when I first got my call back, we were all dancing at the same time. Then everybody said, he said, stop to everybody. He said, everybody step back. And then he called people that he wanted to see individually out one by one. And that's when I came out. And so I came and I danced for him individually and that's when he called me back so anyways i didn't get onto the show but my friend guy didn't even get a call back yeah i was about to ask i'm like what about the boy yeah he was he was a part of the (laughs) thank you for coming crew um that time around you know he went on to continue dancing it's all good but um my positive delulu after i made that call back and i'm again it was just a call back i didn't even get on the show i was like Hmm. i'm not supposed to be a dancer I'm supposed to be a choreographer. (laughs) (laughs) I never auditioned again, and I was a choreographer from that day on. And I had choreographed for New York Fashion Week, choreographed on tours in Barbados, uh, India. I taught at the Shamek Davarar Dance Company that Debbie Allen taught at. Mm. Talking about fame. Like, Debbie, me and Debbie Allen taught at the same dance school in India. Like... I taught workshops at Alvin Ailey. And someone and one of the old Ailey dancers came up to me and told me that I reminded her of Judith Jameson, which I was like <laughs> <laughs> Me? <laughs> me? <laughs> right. I asked her name, she was like, Don't worry about it. Like I was like, Oh my mm. not you coming through like a you know, Phantom in the Night. Even the me, night. You know what I'm saying? But like, so yeah, so that was how it was. And I had, I choreographed and choreographed for years um, until I got to Miami uh, now 12 years ago, uh, to which point I started to get more involved in the arts world. Not I don't, When I say get involved, I mean, I was just, I was living with artists. I was living with me and Misael Soto were roommates, Philip Carp were roommates, um, Jacqueline Falcone were roommates, and uh, they were, they're like they were they were my introduction to the art scene here in Miami. They to me were the in like super innovative and creative, and I was just like, you can do this, like mm. type artists that um, helped me through just osmosis be like. I can do whatever I want. Huh. Interesting. And but you've always been an artist from what Correct. I'm hearing, like with the dancing and the choreography. And poetry when I was younger. And yeah. yeah, right. And and in your book you say that you say I would have never gotten through foster like the foster care system and even my childhood or, or life in general if I hadn't found poetry and dance. Yo, yeah, dance and, for sure. Dance is where I healed big time. Poetry was a coping mechanism. I was able to say the things that I couldn't say out of my mouth. <laughs> and also still put it in code in the poetry because I still couldn't really say, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you also mentioned in your book this poetry that you did one time that came out in a book and you've been looking for it ever since. Bruh, Have you found I can't it? Find it. Like man. that I, I thought about it as soon as I read it, I'm like, damn, I look just a little bit. I was you just did? like, Yeah, I'm like you know, just your name or different years, like something. Yo. Because that, the gold. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, that shit is in, in somebody's house, in someone's old bookshelf, or like in an attic somewhere, like and, things and that they the collected. Goodwill. I can't even goodwill. remember the name of the book. That's the craziest part. I was published. I was, I think I was 12 years old or something like that. 13, maybe. And the poem was called, What is Love? 
Wow. I um always been a lover. Mm. But in the book, you seem to have struggled with love. Like you dedicated this chapter towards the end and you're you compared it to a blanket and how so it just sometimes it just doesn't cover you in the right areas or it leaves you cold and other times it's comforting and it's like but I just felt like your um, frustration with love because you say you never had any or received any and 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 how people express love differently, like some through, you know, some through touch, some through money, some through sex, other people mm -hmm. through like, you know, different connection. Other, like, so how are you supposed to like pinpoint what this thing is that you never got and that so many people express in so many different ways? Where are you with love right now? Like, how does like how do you how do you see love? It's been about seven years since you published your book. So I'm just curious about how you know, things have developed. Yeah. Um, it's so funny because although I wrote the book, a lot of times when I'm rereading the book or someone quotes back the book, I remember, it reminds me of how much that book was a channeling from, from my higher self, from God. Um, and I was the conduit to bring these messages through because it is so true that love, uh, I would say even still now, still that, that still resonates with me. <laughs> it being like a blanket and, you know, you think you're cozy and then your feet are out and, like, you try to wrap your feet in it, but then your neck is, your nose is, you know. Like, um, now, what do I feel about love? Um, the biggest thing that I understand about love now is how much I am it. Mm. Um, how how much is connected to joy and how much it is connected to the human experience. I think that love is far beyond romantic, the romanticism that I was um, talking about in the book at that time. Um, I see intimacy as love and intimacy as, again, platonic as much as it is romantic. I think that Love is still going to always be something that wherever you are in life is going to be what it is. It is I can't tell anybody here what what it is other than like for you. I can say just what it is for me and where it is right now and for me um love is freedom. Uh love is clarity. I don't think I understood how much uh, when love is really existing in your space, how clear and free things are. Um, I think that when you're confused, I think love is, is absent. Mm -hmm. And I think that at that time in my life, I was definitely confused. And I also, like I talk about how I realized that, and I actually don't know if I talked about this in the book. I don't know if I knew this yet. But you can remind me if I said it in the book um, about how my rejection from my mom made no because I hadn't met this girl yet that made me realize this nope. So before when I wrote that book, that's how I felt. But when I got further in, I remember I was dating this girl, and we were in this like cycle of situationshipishness, and I was like, damn, yo, like, why am I constantly drawn to people who are rejecting me or who um, give a little bit but then step back and give a little bit? And I remember I was walking into Aventura Mall through the Bloomingdale's 
uh, parking lot to walk through Bloomingdale's. And I stopped in my tracks and I said, that was the way my mother loved me. I am choosing people who reminds me of the way that I felt from my mom. Because my mom came in and out. Whenever she came through for one time, it was like the best thing in the world. And I held on to that for the longest. And that was what I was doing with these girls. They give me, they hang out with me one time. And then now I'm in your, I'm stuck in the textiverse for like months. And then when you want to see me again, you say yes, and I'm jumping to it. And I was like, yo, this is the love language that I'm understanding. And then I got out of that cycle. Like wow. right then I was like, oh, nah, this is not going to work. But I was like, yo, this is powerful. So now love doesn't look like that. Um, but also, I don't know how much romantic love matters in the pie of life. Like, I just feel like it's this much. And like, why do I need to give so much? And why does this part take so much energy? Mm. And it bleeds. When it goes bad, it just bleeds into other shit. And then it just takes up more space. And it's just like, so I think now where I'm at with love is um, companionship. And uh, and showing and proving, to be quite honest. Mm -hmm. I think because of me being so loving and open, I, I often give so many opportunities and so much grace that I lose myself in the process. So now I'm like, ah, you know what? <laughs> Ladies, you're going to have to work a little harder for this. Period. Um... <laughs> I love that. I, I I hate that that that's true about the romantic love and how it spills on into your life depending on like how that is going. But they say out there like your soulmates isn't your your girlfriend, your husband, your wife, your it's a friend. It's it's a neighbor. It's a there, we have many soulmates, they say, right? Like it's mm -hmm. not just one. So so you're right. Like if if let's say I'm in the point in my life where I have a really good group of friends. And by group of friends, I mean like two cool, good friends or three. <laughs> then that's, that's, you from New York too? Yeah. No, that's that New York. Yeah. We say a group of friends, it means like two. Exactly. And we've known them since we were two. <laughs> <laughs> like that means that at that, at that space in time, love, that's what it is for me. It's about like getting to know myself through other people. You know, what is it? Uh, cream of the chrome? Yes, creme de la chrome. Creme de la chrome. Where... Oh my God, I love this. It's how you work to find your best friends or some someone or other people that reflect the best part of you back, like Chrome reflects. Yeah, who you choose is based off of how the, the way you see yourself, the best of your reflection. They're the best of your reflection. Mm. You know, and it's and it goes back to that whole birds of a feather type thing, but like it's a little deeper than that because it because because it's not that y'all are the same. It's that you see yourself in them mm. and you see what you, that's why you, you know, yeah. I mean, like, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, but yeah. Yeah. Um, goes back to that vanity. It's like when people start looking like they dogs or <laughs> they look like they significant other, like mm. this is, I mean, this is all examples of just that. Yeah. You, you hang out with your friend. People say you start, start looking alike or you start sounding alike or. Right. We kind of absorb each other. Um, so 
um, you also mentioned in your book, like growing up, like Ram Dass was one of the uh, Ram Dass teachings were some of the stuff that you looked up to and that you kind of took growing in. up in that in that time frame. Like mm. I, I was already an adult at that time. Like I read I read Be Here Now um, a year before I wrote the book. Yeah. Oh, OK. Right. Because I mean, imagine a six year old talking about Ram Dass this, Ram Dass that. I'm like, oh. <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. Be Here Now is one of the most profound probably the most profound book um that i've read outside of a course in miracles a course in miracles is also like i haven't even finished that a course in miracles i feel like you know in the movie lucy when her consciousness gets so she starts using way more part of her like that brain stuff that she was Mm -hmm. and then she just ceased to exist physically on this plane like that's that's the type of magic that's in the Course in Miracles. Like I'd be having, a, like I did that with Be Here Now too. I had to close the book and take a sec. I was like by a tree. I just said, <laughs> "Just gonna stop right here, right now," because you're blowing my mind. Mm. Yeah, those books are like next level. Yeah, and what what or who else were you kind of like looking up to, or what kind of uh, things were inspiring you? Um, growing up up until when you uh, wrote the book or even now shit I (laughs) I mean I think I think I'm really um, now now I think I'm supremely inspired by the power that we have to create any world we want like that to me like that magic is like whoa okay so I could really have whatever I want Mm. I bet Mm. like like think about how you would feel if you if you really realized that life was a buffet. Like when you walk up to the buffet. Mm-hmm. Like well, you're like, oh, there's sushi here, there's oysters here, oh, there's steak here, there's salmon here. You know what I'm saying? It's like think about when you be going to that Soho House brunch. You mm. know what I mean? Your plate just got. Neep, 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 neep. I you got love every, that brunch. And like that, but that's life. Mm-hmm. Is is it safe to say that you approach life in the way that you would approach a buffet? Because when I go to a buffet, I like to get a lay of the land. So I grab my plate or I don't grab it. And I just walk around. I look at every single thing that's there. I would say I take more from life than I do from the buffet. Mm. Because in this example, the buffet is something you put in your body. You get full. You you actually have a capacity that you can actually, you can't (laughs) eat all of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But in life, you can just take, you can just take endless bites and never get full, but get inspired more and get and just be and connect with more people and and just do more. Mm-hmm. So like like you could we literally have fifty states in the US. People be really just living in one all of their life. You tripping. Why you not live in other places? Mm-hmm. You mentioned that in the book as well. When you get back, when you, right before you went to the States, but then also when you got back, you're like, what, like, what, what am I doing here? In a bigger sense of like, why did I decide to come back to this life? But also like, what is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Depression. (laughs) But also. Because it's also a lot. Yeah. Just like that buffet analogy. It's just, it's also still a lot. It's a lot. Because you look at the buffet, you're like, damn, I'm not going to be able to taste everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to make it to the desserts. I'm I'm not going to be able to get an omelet. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, you can, it can be just 
overwhelming and that overwhelm is what what sometimes discourages people from exploring life more deeper but um but yeah i don't know did i answer your question yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> you did you did but I, I like that analogy a lot because when i go to a buffet i walk around first before what i used to do was take the plate and just go by oh potatoes i don't want the potatoes right now okay well i'm good i'm gonna get the eggs with, with the onions you know the bacalao right here okay well i get a little bit of we know what buffet she was at <laughs> exactly <laughs> somewhere in the caribbean somewhere right, right. some all-inclusive joint right <laughs> Early in the morning, just woke up trying to make the breakfast. Right. Um, and then I get to the end where my plate is full, and then I look over, and then there's, like, waffles over there. And I'm like, damn. Like, So now I got to go take this to the table, grab another plate, because I want that now. I'm not going to wait to finish all of that. And so what I started to do was get a lay of the land, just ch check it all out, see what's for dessert, see what they're cooking back there. You know, right, if they're right, making right. pasta or they're making omelets. And, right, right, and then right. kind of go, go forward. So... I really love that. And I wonder what everybody out there um, thinks now that if they were to apply that analogy to life. Um, I wish, I hope they would start eating. Mm -hmm. I hope that they would grab their plate. I hope that they actually would take a lay of the land. Because maybe if you take a lay of the land, that's when you really see what's possible. Like, oh shit, they got Belgian waffles. With the sugar crystals in it. <laughs> <laughs> It's there for you. It's there for you. You know what I'm saying? So I want to read the the most known most known uh, excerpt from your book. Just oh, the, most known. Okay. The, the popular one. The um, okay. my mother was a crackhead that left my sister and me in a crack house. Oh, people do love this crackhead point. <laughs> Damn, yo. <laughs> Our grandmother told us when she found us, we were dancing on the mm -hmm. table in diapers. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you went from that to being an American Express emerging leader. <laughs> you got the award for being uh, from the American Express for being an emerging leader from the American for the Arts, um, which is one of the leading nonprofit uh, arts organizations. Arts, organizations. Yeah, arts leader, yeah. Yeah, you got uh, Best Author in Miami. By the Miami New Times, yeah. Uh, you were on, on the Miami's 40 on the 40 Black Leaders of Today. Mm -hmm. What... You know, that's that's uh that's a jump and the only person that was there throughout the entire thing was you. Yeah. So what does it Shit, feel like I never thought about that to be you today? When you say that, what do you mean? Like no family? Well What do you mean? Because that's what I thought of just now. I was like, damn, they're really you know, but I I mean I have my friends who are who are my family, but I think that a lot of times, you know, just like yourself, your friends are like awesome, dope, cool next mm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. um but what was what would what did you mean and that's all right by the way about friends because i i lost a friend probably like two years ago and not even to death just like it was a, oh, a was no death. no a friendship breakup and yeah. that was the best thing that could have happened in my life so sometimes that moving on stuff is just the universe and the stars moving i think or whatever um but also, wait, you brought up family and there's two people Cause I want to... Because I met celebratory-wise. Mm. Like, you know, like mm -hmm. I have a good, I have a great friend, Leon, Leon Ford. And he has a very large family. His Ford side, his green side. It's a huge family. And anything that's popping with him or anyone else, rather, like even if it's a baby shower, everybody's there to just like congratulate and celebrate and it's so much love. Mm. 
And, you know, I just think that that's what family is for. And it's it's unfortunate that families are just so, like, fragmented. They're not, like, the way they used to be. And I don't, I, frankly, they're not the way they should be anymore. People really should, like, you should be celebrated instead of, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, look at you. You got to, oh, yeah, so you got your little podcast. Oh, yeah, I see you. You know, like, what, what, why isn't it a thing where it's like happy, mm-hmm. celebratory? Why a family so fragmented and not there? Yeah. You know, my, my mother, my mother never made, bless her, bless her soul, by the way, she actually passed uh, last uh, September. Wow. Yeah. Sorry for your loss. Yeah, yeah. It was actually rough, uh, and that was a whole other realization. But, um, yeah, it was it was crazy to be just me. And I was living in, like, a studio apartment, like, my mattress on a crate. I mean, I did want it like that, so it's not mm-hmm. like I wasn't living like a, I wasn't, like, hobo-esque, you know? <laughs> I did want it like that because I'm a creative, so I'm always like, uh everybody was had that moment where they like milk crates oh yeah yeah, and like it was just a thing (laughs) yeah but um what do you mean more so about like me being just me yeah like there's like this you you went from being that kid that person you you often use the term uh adversity born leader no adversity born legend adversity births birth legends legends Mm mm-hmm Okay, I turned it into like, oh, you know, I was an adversity born. born Like, Like, no, I was born into some shit. Now I'm a legend. (laughs) I was kind of like seeing it um, like that. So you use that term a lot. And so you were born into this life, this life that you had growing up. You, You had you didn't make any choices up until. Well, up until you got yourself into the foster care system, right? You left <laughs> on your Look, own. We you- can't tell them everything on the book. <laughs> okay, you're right, you're right. Can't, you're- the, the spoiler alert, spoiler alert, cut the tape. Cut okay, it. okay. No more on that. Y'all gonna have to read the book, though. Yeah, like, yeah. trust. Um, <laughs> but from then to now, like, you, you, like, how do you, how, what does it feel like to, maybe I just need to, like, figure out a better question, but... There was times in your life where you refused to look at things like you didn't want to be associated with your past or you don't want your past to be highlighted. That's why you didn't want to like write the book. Mm. And there was times where you didn't even want to take photos with your friends like, you know, or like be photographed or things like that. Mm -hmm. And then and now you're tapped into super you and you know that you can make your life whatever you want it to be. But as an accumulation of all those things and all that time to you sitting here right now in Wynwood in Miami like what 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 does that feel like I've I, like I feel a, a huge sense of accomplishment just knowing your story and and sitting here with you and so I'm just curious about how it all feels to mm-hmm. you now well firstly thank you appreciate that um you know life is a very humbling process. And the first answer is I feel awesome. I feel I feel fucking great. I take inventory of myself to make sure that I'm not forgetting who I am and where I came from. That includes accomplishments. Um but I also think like I'm tired, boss. Like sometimes I'll be like, damn. <laughs> Still here, mm-hmm. you know, on the job, 
You know, and because life, again, just going back to that buffet analogy, it's like there you can get full. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get full, you can get tired, um, and it can be a lot. So I think right now, you know, I'm on. I'm I'm starting my eighth life during this one lifetime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I really didn't think I was going to start again. And yet again, here I am. But that's also why people become complacent. Because this shit is exhausting. Mm. It's extremely exhausting to continue to grow. To con- con- to continue to learn. To continue to uh, put into practice those things you realize need to happen. That is an exhausting... That is the most exhausting part of this living experience as much as it's the most beautiful part. Because once you get past that birthing part, because it's a rebirth, you know, things are tender. Things are sensitive. Things are unknown. You go back into this process of studying and learning. Things are hard. But then... You get into you get you get into that you out of that birthing you get into that toddler now you back into your vibe as that fly teenager again. It's just the process of life is if you allow it to be, just a continuous rebirth, and so um, in that rebirth sometimes the things that you've done don't really matter as much. What matters is where you're going, or, or where you're at. Mm. You know, yeah. Uh, so how do I feel now? I feel great. It's just funny because it's just like, you know, you do a resume. You know, like just when you do a resume, they're like, oh yeah, don't start at that year. Start at this year. Yeah, that's literally them telling you what I just said. Yeah, that shit don't matter no more. What are you doing? Keep now? it to what one have page. You done? Keep it to one page. Like this is the conditioning, you yeah. know. And then also, you know, where am I now? Like this life is literally this ebb and flow thing. We've been we've been taught this since we could even imagine. Think about it. You go to pre-K, then you go to kindergarten, right? Mm. Kindergarten, you the little itty bitty. You know what I'm saying? You looking up at the fifth grade, it's like, <laughs> right? And then you get to the fifth grade, and you like, what up, little? Mm-hmm. What up, little punk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fifth grade. What's up? Then you go to junior high school, and boom, here you go again. You're kindergarten again to the eighth graders. You know what I'm saying? Then you get through that, and then you build your way up. And then you, you yeah, you're an eighth grader. What up, little punk? Then you get to high school. Pop back, knock down once again, and you look about the 12th graders. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's the same thing. College, you you that dog, da, 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 da. but then you get into the real world. What up, little punk? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You make it 30,000 a year, and then you got to be on. It's like, so if you, but then what happens is, is once people get into that real world, they don't want to get, they don't want that moment again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to be that kindergarten again. They like, I just want to stay at this little punk era. Yeah. But like, what happens is, is you do that, but there's going to still be people passing you. Passing you. And it's okay. You don't have to focus on them. Mm-hmm. But what are you doing? How are you growing? And so that's where I'm at. Right now in my life, I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm at again. And I'm just like, damn. 
Well, at least you're really graceful about being a life student. You know, like yeah, I'm mean, learning yeah, every yeah. day. I'll be graceful for for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Because in my house, I be cursing y'all asses out, okay? I be sick of you people of the world, okay? I be tell you that now. But I can't tell you for real. Because I'm, you know what I'm saying? And I got to I gotta just stay on my path. Yeah. With social media nowadays, that's all I think a lot of people do is just compare themselves and their journey to what other people are doing when... You don't even have the same, that one page that we had to get rid of on the resume. Bruh. That's not even the same as the other person. It's not. Like, and that one page was fire. I'm tight. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I gave you it say, all early. You saying I got to throw away that thing when I choreographed them kids for Lil Wayne in 96? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're like, I still did that. <laughs> but you know what it comes to show is that that should just matter. And it only does matter to us. Yeah. Because nobody's asking ab- uh, about that anymore. Unless you decide to go back into choreography. They'll be like, oh, so what you done? You're like, oh, so in 96? Nah, it don't uh, matter. They're going to look at you and they'll be like, ma'am. <laughs> what have you done in if the somebody, last? If you try to say something about 96, you become officially an old head. Because <laughs> if you got to go back that far, like, bruh. <laughs> nah. So you mentioned um, family when I, you know, asked you, like, kind of like, how does it feel now? Um. And... There's two people I'm curious about just as someone who had read your book and it's um, your sister <sighs> and your relationship with your sister. As yeah. you know, we live in a world where all look relationships are hard and sibling relationships are tense out there for a lot of people. So I'm curious about your relationship with your sister and also this lady named Allison that you mentioned in the book that was a big champion for you and listened to you and really like treated you as a person and I think she was one of your uh, foster parents best friends or something you don't think you know yeah <laughs> I just want to <laughs> not give it up <laughs> I don't want to give it up I think her social security number was <laughs> 2569842262 um <laughs> <laughs> I was just so happy about all these people like around you that you know were the earth good. angels yeah yeah you know um Allison is still around she followed we followed you on Facebook um yeah that's pretty much the extent of it she's still very encouraging she's still very much like I'm proud of you you know what I mean on the interwebs um and my sister I got to just be honest in saying that we are once again estranged. So no real comment on that. Mm. Yeah. I can't, I honestly, I can't, yeah, I can't even, I can't even talk about it. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like that deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it be like that. Yeah. Losing our mom was very stressful. Yeah. And your grandmother, did she also recently passed away? Oh no. No, she was gone by even Oh. By the time this book she passed in 20, two, 2001. And it's always so crazy whenever I think about my grandmother's passing because I knew she passed before she passed, which I think I talked about in the book. Mm. Maybe I didn't, but um I knew she passed the day that she passed, when she passed. But I didn't get confirmation of it until a week later when my mom came to my job and told me that her funeral was the next day. That's how connected we were. And sometimes I can't remember what year she died because she feels so close to me energetically ever like ever like ever since. 
So she doesn't really feel um, as gone. She doesn't feel gone to me. Mm-hmm. Um, You're still connected. Very much uh, so. Soul wise. Yeah. Deeply. And she um, was born in Panama and lived there and then yep. moved. Yeah. Into- Colón. Oh, okay. Wow. And your mother as well? No, my mother was born here. I actually just found from the, what's the, D, one of them DNA websites that I'm oh, on, yeah. Ancestry.com, okay. that's what it is. I got some hits from Flight Manifest. I learned from that, and so they had the Flight Manifest, and I saw it, her her handwriting, and I'm just like, oh, my God, because, you know, I know her handwriting, you know? Um, when she When she left Panama, her first place that she landed was in Miami. Wow. Your mom. My grandmother. Your grandmother. My mother, my mother was born in in Brooklyn. Okay. Wow. My grandmother's first stop. I was like, what? I never even knew she'd been to Miami. But I should have known because she is sad. She'd be outside for real. <laughs> she, uh, why are you giggling? You a sad too? No, no, no. I'm a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bad rap out there, but I, lo- I love us. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. my favorite aunt. Was a Sagittarius, so I know exactly what you mean by that. That's okay, yeah, Jeez. they they rule and they quiet with they it. They fly and sp- oh, and yeah. only if you know them do you know like what if they're you know, capable you know, of. Type, if you know, you know. Yes, yeah. Sag gives very. Sages. If you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> what are, what sign are you? Uh, well, I now identify as a Libra. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was born a Scorpio. <laughs> About to ask, I'm like, but, what's going on? But I am not. <laughs> you said, what's going on? We you could change a lot of things, but I don't know that we could change our birthday. I'm doing you know? it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It's official. Libra is my moon, and I'm sticking to it. Mm. Scorpios, y'all be acting up, okay? Too much. You left the party. You left the Scorpio. I party? left the, between my mother, my sister, my ex. I'm done with the Scorpios. I I, I no longer want to be a part of the shenanigans. <laughs> Scorpios, I was sticking beside you all these years. Mm. But now I got to let you go. Libras are special. I love Libras. Gemini Perfect. and Libras have such a great uh, relationship. See that? And yeah, all the way across. I'm a Taurus moon, and you know the all the the horoscope and all the stuff. I always identify more with the Taurus. I'm sorry. Excuse oh, me. God. What was that? Are you all right? Oh, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I just <laughs> my stomach just. Somebody here got something mm. against Taurus. Yep. Mm. Mm. Wow, let me drink this chicken cane juice. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna leave we're gonna leave that one. We're gonna leave that one right there. Nah, 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 nah. I love me a Taurus. I love me a Taurus. But that that person that I stopped while I was walking through the Bloomingdale's was a Taurus. Mm. But unhealed people, traumatized you you seem like you you might have done some work. You did some work? Oh, a lot of work. You did a lot of work? A lot of work. Have you ruined lives before? Run lines. Oh wow. Like ruin lives oh, before. Oh no, I don't. Not that I know. Look, the not other that day, you know. Of. Not that I know of. The other day, I was walking by and something just came into my mind. You know, you know, voices. Oh my god, did y'all see that? Oh my god, <laughs> I feel like this story. I don't know about this story. Go ahead. Voices just come up. You know, things mm. are just they just like in Bloomingdale's that day. You're like, oh, right, right, right. And you never know when they're coming. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. literally walking the other day and there was a voice that just said, like, I don't care who feels abandoned by me. I had to look like this. I had to look at, up at my head and be like, who just said that? Like, what? where did yeah. that come from? Because I started thinking about, like, a next relationship that I had and then all the friends that we all had in common and how those friends are no longer in my life anymore and how they probably feel abandoned by me. And mm. I didn't let it. I didn't let the thought go too far, but all right, I right. was, it was, it, all that came up was like, I don't care who feel abandoned by me because I didn't intentionally do 
that you know it was it's giving it's giving tourist vibes did y'all see that <laughs> did you see that smile when she said i didn't intentionally do that <laughs> <laughs> i saw your face you i get saw me your in trouble face. uh no. listen no i honestly think though that you should be unapologetic i'm not even gonna hold you what i've been loaded noticing about life and about people the more you compromise yourself to please someone else or to please anybody else is the more it's a detriment to yourself. Clearly that was what needed to happen for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it took a while, you know. I was in a relationship for and, it. And, it's a, and relationships are a two-way street. Mm. That's true. Yes, it is. So if, they, if you mattered to them, well, then maybe. Uh, is this guy trying to say something to us? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Because <laughs> that light is just... <laughs> Covers his head, so it's like pumpkin head, just arms just flying. Like, shout out Abraham here behind the scenes. Shout out A, helping us out. Number two, I don't know what that <laughs> some <means>. audio. <laughs> um, so you you work a lot. You got you no you, no you don't Mm-mm. work a lot. Nah, <laughs> no. Mm-mm. I feel like you. I mean, you've been in Miami like 10, 10, 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, you said, and you helped like getting programmings in school for children. You did some cool voting work with the ACLU a while back. I love that video. Did you I was like, like it? I was like, this is why she, this is why they call her and not <laughs> Jessica. You whoever know, like is. whoever that is. This is why they call her and not Sarah. Like whoever these people are, random names, you know. Um, you know, you got Cooking for the Culture, which I love. Oh, Season so one was ex- so good. Did you, first of all, Oh, I have never been interviewed by someone who has been so thorough. So thank you, first of all. Of course, I'm because I'm loving this. I would never waste my my time for sure, but I would never waste someone else's time and be like, "Come here and like just just talk to me for my." I'm just here. saying, my episodes you know? were at least an hour each. The whole season was nine episodes. You don't spend nine hours. You read the book. That's probably a couple. That's probably another nine hours. You put in at least twenty four, thirty hours into doing this. However many hour interview about to do, I think that's fire. Yeah, no, for sure. Thank I, you. Of course, I I definitely do my research, but also like. You're a force, yo. And like Miami's tiny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is it is quite it has gotten quite small. Yeah. Um and then yesterday you had an event for B twenty two fragrance. I yeah. think you collaborated with some folks to With B twenty two. With B twenty two before our time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's... A great a great um black owned retail and branding house. So we have a retail store and they have a branding house. So they help brands put together concepts, shoot some videos, photos, et cetera. And, you know, like, you know how like H&M or uh, whatever, one of, any of these stores have their own in-house brand. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing like a shirt or whatever, they decided to do a fragrance as their in-house brand. Oh. And they wanted to partner with me to do an event to introduce my, my, my people, them, to the brand and so I was like all right let me smell it first <laughs> I got to see they did a collection of five I think it's gonna be like 22 f- like fragrances in the line they they just they first released one through five and um and I love them so I was like hell yeah let's do this so I created some concepts which was the videos that you saw I love those uh, they shot it and edited it and did all the posts pre and post and uh yeah so it was i really think it was dope y'all should check it out for real then you had 
um the girls lunchbox which is a, a social club for uh queer women to yes. just get together and hang out like this a membership girl's lunchbox, only. yeah this girl's lunchbox and the queer cella concept with soho house and you often uh host like their juneteenth uh parties and you know you did my orientation when i when i was uh when i became a member there. oh you That's did first tell met me you. that That's so first met so you. that aspect of the orientation was my concept that i created the first year I was recruited to be on the committee for Soho House and didn't get implemented till I think three years later or something like that. I was like, I just really feel like the members need something unique to get to know each other before they get into being in the space yeah. and like letting them know like, yo, you can do more than just be a member here. And so every orientation I made sure I let people know you can create programming and you can run it through this house and connect with folks and really build something like do that. The Juneteenth event, they came to me and was like, hey, we're thinking about, you know, doing an award ceremony. And I was like, no. Mm. Black people don't want to go sit down at some awards. You know what black people like to do? We like to have a barbecue. We <laughs> like to drink. We like to eat. And we like to party. Hey. 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 You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they were like, Okay, what do you think? I said, and also, like, so I so I basically told them, like, uh, let's do a thing where we honor civic people, civic leaders in the, in the community, where we commission an artist to create a unique award. So I started a company called My Art Awards, where I commission artists to create actual awards for award ceremonies, for things like that. So the tagline for the company is awards worth collecting because I obviously we've just talked about some of the awards that I've won, but I've won a lot more awards and they're always these big clunky glass like, mm. you know, one time Cooper's Craft honored me and gave me a big wooden barrel top award. I'm like, where <laughs> am I finna put this rosewood in the crib? You know what I mean? So I think that an, a real artist doing an award is just more fire and you can hang it in your crib and now you have an art piece mm -hmm. and you could, you know, it's building a collection essentially. So I think yeah. that that's dope. Um, so we did that. And then I was like, I'll host the party. I'll choose the DJ. And, you know, they always brought out some bites and some drinks and, you know. Yeah. So first year started with like, I think like, maybe 100 folks. The second year was a little lighter, maybe like 60 folks. But the third year, which was this past Juneteenth, over 300 people came. 300 wow. people. I like a lot of people from Black Film Festival got wind of it somehow and pulled up to, and it was just a fire, fire, fire party. The energy is crazy. You were there? Oh, uh, no, no, no. I just caught it after. Oh, you saw the video. You saw the video. Yeah. FOMO. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, dang, cuz I could have been there at the beach bar with my drink. Could have been it's there. Two step in, you know? Yeah. Oh, hey, hey. Yo, you gotta, got you gotta remember to tell the uh, the winner of the awards that you got, <laughs> that you dance usually when they get their oh, award. <laughs> oh, yeah, I dance with all of them. Yeah, we've awarded, we've awarded Valencia Gunder, Jumani Anamdi, Deja Carrington, Rosie. Why am I having a blank moment? Ay, ay, ay. Diaspora Vibe, Cultural Arts Incubator. I'm sorry, Rosie. I don't know why I'm blanking right <laughs> it's now. Coming. Man, Mario Bailey, uh, Michael John Green, also known as MJ Green. Um, 
Sue Ann, forgetting her last name as well. This is not going well for me. No, this is great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Armin Henderson, CeCe Battle, Janae Taylor. Oh, man. I'm actually using my photographic memory going back to the parties <laughs> <laughs> so that I can, like, see the people's faces. I'm just seeing a flashback into each of those. Yes. Of those yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, like, a lot, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, about 5, 10, about 15, yeah. about 15 different leaders in the last three years. Wow. We commissioned, and artists that were commissioned, the first one was... Marcus Delmont, the second one was Amani Lewis, and the third one was uh, Muta Vision. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, that's why I say you work a lot, because I just named at least five or six projects that you had going on, and this this is just the stuff that I found, you know? Like, that's it. You got to watch the Transform next. <laughs> My docuseries on black trans women. You got to peep Transform. that one. It's on, Apple T it's on Apple TV. Yeah, it's two words, right? Trans and then form. Mm-hmm. Um, what what else do you have going on right now? Like, what are some projects that you're working on that you can share and talk about, um, or something you're excited about? Only thing I'm gonna about? share right now is because, uh, like, like my age, I'm 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 not I'm waiting a lot longer to share what's actually popping in my world. <laughs> uh, but I did uh, myself and Amani Lewis collaborated on an art and public places project for here in Miami, uh, for the Grove Central project. So we were commissioned for that. Wow, congrats. Yeah, my Badass. first art in public places project, yeah. And how is that going to be Super different uh, from Libations, which was, I think, your first art ex exhibition? Yeah, it was my first, uh, well, actually not my first, no. Okay. It's a performance art piece, uh, but it was the first one that I did for Basel. Okay. And that was commissioned for Basel, um, but, um, so this one is called Say Cheese and it is going to be, um, in the underbelly of the bus station is going to be images of people from Miami, people that you know in Miami. I'm not going to say who's in it as of yet, but people that we know in Miami looking down and smiling. So when you're at the bus stop and you look up, you see people looking down at you oh, smiling. So that. Say Cheese and then some, um, and then some works by Amani Lewis and Amani Lewis's. Well, the whole project has Amani's style within it, um, along the bus station. And are they like photographs, or are they like photographs of people, or are they like illustrations, or oh, photographs, renderings, photographs? Okay, photographs. But it's like, you know, if you if you know Amani, do you know Amani's work at all? No, I don't think so. Yeah, the but name uh, sounds so familiar. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So it's just it's in their style. Okay. But uh, yeah, they're fo they, they were photographs, and okay. then they and then they get you know, get a little razzle zazzle on them, mm -hmm. a little razzle. I can't wait to see them. Um, yeah, I can't wait either. And then one season two of Cooking for the Culture. So Cooking for the Culture, y'all, is a cooking show that Octavia started. It was mid last year, I think, and you beginning. had beginning yeah, January of last we year. We dropped it, yeah. And you bring a guest, very much like this. You bring a guest, but they're in a the kitchen. Cutting up, whipping up, <laughs> cooking up. Yo, you so cute. <laughs> she, yo, she done remixed everything I said like a grandmother this whole interview. <laughs> Adversity born legends. Oh You're whipping it up and cooking it down. And <laughs> <laughs> the girls' lunch. Box. Look, listen, I'm. <laughs> this is so black culture, okay? <laughs> because if there's one thing, all right? 
some a person of color is gonna do. <laughs> it's remixed. It's remixed, whatever it is, including your name. Okay, but she got that right today. So is <laughs> But yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooking for the culture. I just wanted to. I wanted to. Last year, I was really in search of finding like my joy and like finding my creativity again and like just doing what I love. And also I want to be on TV. So I also wanted to take a stab at what that felt like, what that could look like. So I just teamed up with a friend, Brandon. He's an amazing video work artist um, and photographer. And uh, he wants to build a film house. So I was like, yo, let's start with this. And he was like, we're let's do it. And so that's what we did, and that's what you see in the first season. Two friends collaborating to make something to build both of their brands. And congratulations to Brandon. He just had a baby boy, Aries. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, uh, so we're actually, I got to give him grace and time. He's a new dad. He's working. He's taking care of his family. Um, and also the show needs, like, would need some funding for it to be something that he Absolutely. can, like, you know, take more time away from his family to do it since it doesn't have that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we'll drop. We'll be dropping soon, but soon I have to. Come, yeah. yeah, soon come. Soon that's, come. That's, I mean, like, listen, like mm-hmm. y'all, go, y'all, y'all gonna be all right. Yeah, y'all gonna get what y'all gonna get when y'all get it. You gonna get it, and, <laughs> and you ain't even seen the show yet. I'm looking at you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. You ain't even seen the, the first season yet. Go ahead and get that first season exactly. under your belt. Then you ask me about. And then that. ask me about too. Okay, <laughs> see what I'm saying? Oh, when see, get, I could do that, but y'all can't. <laughs> <laughs> Period. <laughs> so speaking of cooking for the culture, you're a you're a foodie. You like oh, I love food it. that tastes good. See these thighs, girl. You <laughs> you looking at my shoe? Oh yeah. Look at this thigh, yeah, girl. Look at this. <laughs> Why she look at my shoe, y'all? <laughs> Trying to get that thigh wiggle. Yeah, get you know? that thigh wiggle. <laughs> um, and you're also very honest about the food that you have at the places that you have them, and whether they're good or not. Yeah, they're a little low on be, salt. I got if to you be. Need to, uh, I got to be honest. Yeah, which matters. So I have some food questions for you okay. that I'm just, you know, curious about. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. So what were you eating growing up? Like, what was grandma cooking up? Like, you were coming home from school. What was what, what was what was in the kitchen? What was on the stove? Man, this is a good question. I was a I've been a very particular eater. I was a very particular eater when I was younger. For instance, I did not like rice and peas without avocado. Mm. If avocado wasn't in my rice, if I couldn't cut avocado into my rice and eat it, I wouldn't eat it. So my grandmother had a hard time with me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, what was she cooking? She would make... My grandma's Caribbean. She made tripe, Mm. which I actually did like. In the soup, right? Like the yeah. mondongo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. She also made an amazing mofongo. Mm. Not mofongo, no, I'm lying. Um, Sancocho. Sancocho, oh, yeah. I still have, it have yet to taste. Actually, I've tasted one place that has ta- made it as good as my grandmother's. And it was that Puerto Rican place that used to be, in, that was in New York City. Um, I can't remember what the name of it. Puerto but it, was, it was like the first Puerto Rican, like, high-end restaurant. Mm, not Floridita. I think Florida was probably Dominican mm. anyway. Nah, 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 nah. Puerto Rican. El Malecón? No. Was it that one? Well, not El Malecón, but Malecón. Dang, I'm going to have to look it'll, it up. Yeah, come it'll, back it'll come back. It'll come back. But either way, I, I haven't found a sandwich that tastes as good as hers either. Um, she used to make coconut rice with coconut milk that she used to shave the coconut. I actually have less memories of 
the food my grandmother was cooking at the house. And I have more memories of me helping to prep the food. <laughs> like, I remember helping prepping her make pig feet. She used to make pickled pig feet. I loved that mm. when I was younger. <laughs> I'm an old, I'm older now. You, yeah. you, won't, you won't you ain't you ain't gonna catch pig feet in my mouth. But she used to make uh, she used to make pickled pig feet that was so damn good. Um, she used to make. I remember that she made the holiday black cake that Caribbean people love with the rum. Mm, hated that yeah. with the dried fruits mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, I hated oh, the flavor of that. Me though. too. I never liked that. Yeah, I, and they used to bring it to all the parties, and I'm like, yo, give me the flan. Yo. See, they didn't, she ain't make flan. She ain't. She ain't, that wasn't. That wasn't in that culture. But when I tasted flan, I was like, "Damn, give me the flan." Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah, and the tres leches too. Yeah, and the arroz con dulce, which is like rice with, with like sweet, like rice pudding. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rice I, yeah, I never had any of that until I got older. But um, but yeah. So I just remember prepping. One of the things that I I would say that I really, um, loved to eat. Like she would make breakfast. And she would make um, tea with milk and sugar and pilot crackers. Wow. Like to dip in there? Yes. The round ones, She used to crack it. No, they were square or something or like, 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 they were like long, I I feel like. Okay. I don't think they were circled. Maybe they were. Maybe I just, my child memories messed up. But she used to crack that in it and then, ugh. And then her making like um, bacon and eggs with runny eggs mm. and like putting the bacon in the egg yolk. Mm. It's just really simple things yeah. that I remember growing up, you know. But yeah, my grandmother, but she, what she used to make that I used to hate was macaroni and cheese with peppers in it. Oh, no. Yes. Green girl. peppers? Yes. Oh. All the damn bell peppers. Caribbean people love somebody's damn bell peppers. Mm-hmm. Please keep them peppers out my food. That's how the majority of people out there feel about uh, the ground beef with the raisins in it. Or what like ground that, beef? But... with the, First of all, what? I'm... <laughs> like the, you know, pastelitos, the empanadas. It'll be like ground beef and they'll have raisins in it. And a lot of people are like, please take it out my food. I've learned to love it. But... That's how people feel about raisins in 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 ground beef. Probably how you feel about them peppers in that mac nah, and cheese. Nah, see the ground. At least the ground beef and the raisins make more sense. Yeah, because the sweetness, sweet and savory, mm-hmm. that makes more sense to me. I, with that mac and cheese, I could barely taste the cheese because all I was tasting the pepper. Ugh. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't like it. Mm-mm. I love us like Latino culture. We grow up with a more of a def- like expanded palate because of all the stuff. Like you were eating pic- pickled pig feet. At that, at right. that time, you <laughs> right. know, like the coconut rice and like with these... real coconut, she was like mm-hmm. shaving it, squeezing it. like it was cr- like I, I I literally like I have a visual memory of me sitting on the floor, her sitting in her chair and like doing it in like the living room right next to the kitchen. Like I, it's such a that's always been a bonding thing. That's why cooking and food is a real bonding thing for me and when I have a partner with my partner like I just love that's just that's like a big big mm-hmm. love language for me that is that is your love language yeah because you love cooking for your friends and yeah, yeah. your significant and other or friends. your guests like mm-hmm. come over sit down like have some of this but I need to see what you think about this food I don't gotta hear it let me see it. right yeah 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 no I gotta hear it too <laughs> one of the craziest foods that I really liked I also uh, grew up with my grandmother for 
uh, a long time and oh, she was diabetic so she was going blind a bit but somehow she would still be at the stove just cooking for me so that there's at least white rice on the stove when I got home from school oh uh, so you walk in and you always smell white rice every- mm-hmm. so it was smelling always- white rice does that do something to you no does no. it bring you back anywhere um not 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 so much no because mm-hmm. it's still like it's it's heavy in my diet I love me some white rice um but the craziest thing I used to do was get take that rice because that's all she was able to cook. So all oh. I had was that white rice. Oh. And I couldn't even fry an egg at this time. It was like she would make me the white rice. I would fill up all her syringes with the insulin so that when I was gone, she can like poke herself. That's um, crazy. It was, so it was like this. We, we had this thing going like for each other. It was so cute. Wow. So I would come home. I would put ketchup on top of the rice. <sighs> and then I'll put slices of Kraft Singles cheese on top. Throw the dish in the microwave, hit start, and then the, the cheese, cheese would just smell on top of it. And then I'll just take the fork cut in and you see the ketchup in there. Oh, that was. What? I still have yet to try it as an adult. I have been what? wanting to remake that just to see. But that, I would eat that like three, four times a week. And what would be the other times? McDonald's. She gave me five dollars right in the palm. Like, of my go hand. ahead, go and get And it's your not happy even meal. like this. Yeah, you know how they get, you know how grandmas give money. They yeah, put rolled in the palm up of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> She'll be like, thing, thing. Beba Madonna. And I'll get my uh, oh my Madonna, my, my Madonna. You worked at McDonald's, wasn't that one of your first I jobs? Did. Listen, you telling them <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> I'm just saying because that's what you at first this point. Spanish. At this point, we need to go to have a bite after we get out of here, just so I can get to know you. At this point, because you know my whole damn life now. I'm going to the um, 1-800 Lucky. They have a Lunar New Year like food situation. So right. I'm going to that after this. But we we you meeting people there. Uh, oh, are you yeah. inviting me? Um, do you want to come? <laughs> she said, no, I wasn't inviting no, no, you. I was just saying well, that I, I was it's going. Like a, it's a ticketed thing, and I don't even know if you could buy, like, same day, but if they could, you should totally come. I'm going to go home and meet my boyfriend, and then we're going to go. It's ticketed? It's ticketed. It's like a, basically, you could hit up all the stalls inside. Star posted this, actually. I, I feel like, is it Filipino food? Yeah. See, I've, I've, it's been happening a couple of times. This is not the first time this has happened. This is the first time I heard of it. And basically you get to visit all the stalls and you just pay this one price. I think it's like $65. Um, but if you put code star, you get $5 off. I'm done. <laughs> it's true. I hit my girl up for a, okay, a coupon yeah, so. this time. I'm like, girl. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. But we, we could do that. So anyway, that was the craziest uh, food that I ever kind of ate. When I was younger. Like, that is crazy. People would hear it now and be like, girl, wait. Yeah, I'm still like, what? But kid, a kid palate is the most resilient palate. Or, <laughs> it's, the mo- or, it's, the wor- or it's the most weak palate. It's like one or the other. And that stomach it must have been made of iron when we was younger. Because yeah, we totally. was and eating the, everything. Yeah. And you see, I feel like that cheese with the capital rice, that's like some stuff that boys be doing. Boys be <laughs> always eating some wild stuff yo they will mix up anything and they don't care and i'm just like why look go to the same place <laughs> now boys I mean, are wild yo boys he laughing over because he know he like but it is he's like i just ate some taquitos with some cup noodles no i'm kidding yeah, I'm saying. um what food did you really dislike before that you love right now I know one of them. <laughs> You're like, I got a stalker. It's official. I'm of done with this she shit. Does, bro. <laughs> of course she does. How? 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 
All right, tell me because I can't think of it anyway. Cabbage. <laughs> okay. You say you used to hit on cabbage. I a hate lot. it. I hate it. How you know I like cabbage now? I don't know. You say you appreciate it now. You was cooking with it. You made some. Oh, you made oh noodles. I, I, I told you in the book. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Yo, yo, I know what it is. Now you shared this in one of your food videos. You were cooking up in the kitchen, and you made oh. a you made a really good soup. I forgot what it was, and you had cabbage in it. Um, and you were like, "Oh no, egg rolls!" You were making rolls. Okay, okay, the, the spring rolls. rolls. The spring rolls, the yeah, fried spring rolls. And you can't have that without cabbage. I so, know, because that's mostly the bulk of it. Yeah, Max. the crunch. You know, aside yeah. from the crunch of the, well, it's a little soft actually in there. Believe it or not. Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, it's you're not because right. you're cooking it down. Yeah. Yeah, I did not like cabbage when I was growing up, and I definitely love cabbage now. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, but I, but there wasn't. They didn't, I didn't just. I'm trying to think. I feel like like random stuff. Like I used to hate McDonald's sweet and sour sauce. Like now I mm, like it. They probably yeah. changed it though. Like I don't know. It's random. Well, what stuff. did you love before that you don't love now? Aside from those pickled pig feet. <laughs> I never loved anything back then, like as far as food is concerned. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, little, like like the kid shit that we used to eat. Like I remember I used to, yo, I used to boss down <laughs> Hot Pockets. Boy. Oh, yeah. Hot Pockets was, the, was that thing. Mm -hmm. I tasted a Hot Pocket sometime in my 20s, and I spit it out. I couldn't even finish the bite. Mm. I said, how the hell did I even eat this? It is the most disgusting thing on the planet. Mm -hmm. Somehow I started even tasting like the little, there's like, Ugh, I don't, little, yeah, that's not, mm -hmm. it has a texture that it, that ain't right. That thing been it's frozen bad. forever, so. It's bad. Yeah. Now granted, they probably changed the recipe because that's the thing too. They've changed the recipe of all the things that we used to love. Yeah. To make it cheaper and shittier. Yeah. So that's More also chemicals. probably why, but yeah. What's your favorite cuisine? Japanese. Mm. Japanese, hands down, sushi, omakase, it's my shit. All right, you about to go get sushi in Miami. Where are you going? I'm going to go see, I'm going to the Miami market to see, uh, damn, what? Yaki, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my it's phone is in the other place. Yeah, I'm going. Actually, it's the only sushi spot in the Miami market. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's omakase. Mm. So, yeah, that's where I'm going. Okay. I'm going to Uchi. Unless unless somebody puts me on to something else. Uchi. I heard about Uchi, but I don't know if I believe about Uchi. But, you know, maybe. You got to taste it to believe it. You can't just not believe, sis. Because the name Uchi is just like. Wally. Uchi Wally Wally. Hey. Uchi bang bang. Uchi Wally Wally. Uh, hey, really, really, really. Touch my butt. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go there, I'm like, Uchi Wally Wally. For yeah. sure. But it's worth it. Look, they fly in, they're fish. I keep hearing about Uchi. I will try it. I will try it one day. Please. Uh -huh. They have happy hour every day from 5 to 6.30. Is the food on the happy hour still good? Uh, It is. It's good. Quality is good. You don't get all the sushis, but you get the, the stuff in there is great. And they fly in their fish from Japan twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. So you catch, you will catch me there on Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. And I get that fresh <laughs> fish. <laughs> it's so good. All right. It's so good. All right. All right. I'm going to try it just for you. I'm going to mm -hmm. go happy hour because I... Cause I, I'm I'm gonna do the happy hour because either go happy hour or eat something before you go because it is it's a lot it's 
it's costly, but also it's a little bit of food. Because, you know, it's like omakase. You get those little bites, so you might not be Listen, full. Listen, I can't. What you mean? To get omakase? full there, you got to order a lot, is my experience. Omakase generally, like, you get, like, well, yeah, I guess when you get into the 10 or 12, yeah. that's when you start getting full. Exactly. So there it's, um, but they have other stuff, too. Like they have pork belly, you know, they got like a nice sea bass in there. It's it's lit. You'll see. You'll remember me. You'll be like, mm, all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to try. All right. You're making plans for a date. Where are you taking her? Hmm. I don't know. It depends. You're like, I don't know. Fuck that. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my, <laughs> I'm in my, uh, I'm in my. Where you taking me, mm-hmm, Era, at mm-hmm. this point? Because I be spoiling these. The first date I took my ex on was to Nobu. I just be doing too much. I just be doing too much. I just be doing too much. So um, it's okay to start off like that. Nah. And then nah, go nah, into. Nah, 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 Oh, you trying to start at the, the Cheesecake Factory? Nah, I don't even like the Cheesecake Factory. I haven't even been to the Cheesecake Factory. I think I've been to the Cheesecake Factory one time in my whole entire <laughs> life. And I ain't never go back. I was like, yeah, no. And I think I was a teenager. Anyways, um, yeah, no. They let, I, you letting them take the rain. Like. They, they, I gotta, I gotta allow myself to be spoiled too. And I gotta allow myself to let a woman really prove to me that she deserves my time and energy. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. She, she gotta take me somewhere. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not planning the first date. Okay, answers nowhere. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, you got friends in from out of town. Maybe I'm taking. Maybe we, should, we go on a happy hour. <laughs> okay, see that's a good answer. It's like we starting off with drinks type first. shit. Yeah, yeah. Then we're yeah. gonna see what's up. Yeah, I'm not taking. Yeah, yeah, I'm not taking you out to dinner. Yeah. Well, you already know if y'all trying to court Miss Octavia Yearwood over here, y'all better have some plans in hand, and y'all better lead the way. Are you good at following? You good with that or you tend to lead? Like, are you okay with like, okay, I'm down. Let's go. Sure. All right. Or are you like, oh, but it's better if we do this or let's do that instead? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm good with, le- I'm good with listen, uh, following. Okay. I think that that's, I mean, I have, yeah, I have to, like collaboration is like my career. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> so no, I definitely know how to, uh, follow the lead. Um, I prefer, I mean, I think that like learning each other's strengths is important. And being able to follow a lead within our strengths is also, like, makes for some good shit. Like, if you are great at planning and making itineraries, and I, mm. I'm going to just Venmo. But oh, I'm, I'm going yeah, to yeah, Facts. That's it. You plan out Venmo. Facts. Yeah. Um, that's that's really good and it's also good to have a local spot so that when you meet somebody you don't really know them like that it's like oh yeah let's grab a drink over here or like let's grab a bite that you got that one spot where maybe you know the bartender exactly yeah you know another one uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh they're gonna be like oh oh this this is this is the first one yeah first day like hey are you are you steph no uh (laughs) they know not to ask yeah exactly All right, what's your go-to drink, alcoholic and non-alcoholic? Uh, non-alcoholic, it's probably like iced tea, Arnold Palmer. Mm-hmm. I love an Arnold Palmer. Fitty, fitty. Fitty, fitty. <laughs> uh, and then alcoholic, right now, pour it in my cup, pour it, pour it in my book. 
Hey, put it in my book. Pass me the casami. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of. Yeah, yeah. Blanco or Reposado, it don't really matter. Okay, cool. Whichever one they got on the rocks, you know what I'm saying, or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my second would be like an old-fashioned. Okay. I love a good old-fashioned. Yeah, I love the bitterness in it. I like the sweetness in it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your favorite snacks? Like, you're you're at home, you're chilling, or you in the car. Like, what are you snacking on? You know what? I'm not a big-time snacker. Me neither. <laughs> I'm not a big-time snacker, to be quite honest. But if I do snack, I do like... Popcorn, you know, popcorn is great. Um, seaweed snacks are great too. Mm. That would kind of probably be like my only two snacking teams. Okay, yeah. I don't like to snack. I'd rather just sit down and have a full meal. You know, like I'm not like the- yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a meal type of type of type of girl too. What is the boy? trashiest food that you like? Trashiest. Yeah, like all oh, like. You eating that or like this is probably not good for but I love it. Like, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, tra- yeah. it's just trash. Nah, like we yeah, shouldn't yeah, be yeah, eating yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably fast food. Mm-hmm. Which which chain? I be liking them Doritos, Locos, Nachos, Doritos, Tacos. <laughs> Yo, why is that name so long? I felt like I was just talking for five minutes and saying that shit. Doritos, Locos, Tacos, Tacos, Doritos. Yeah, uh, I might have repeated. Yeah, that Where one. Where are those at? Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's it's what like I the, thought. It's the Dorito shell. Mm, I have yet to try it. Tacos with... Look at you. <laughs> booty on fire. <laughs> Sounds like the booty it on don't, fire. Yo, yo. Yo. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite kitchen tool? Because you cook a lot. You know, you're in the kitchen. Damn. My favorite? Oh, I'm like a gadget girl in the kitchen. Like, I'm literally that girl that I got everything. I need a spatula. I need the tongs. I need the frother. I need the crock pot. I need the air fryer. I need the mixer. (laughs) I need the the blender. I need the the whisks. Mm -hmm. Okay. I need the temperature gauge. I need all the things. Oh, it's like when I? you it's like when you went to JL's kitchen on the episode and she had she had the little plastic mittens. Bruh, I knew you was gonna talk, I knew you was gonna talk about them damn mittens, yo. Them mittens, them little yo. You're like this I love kitchen JL. is yo. I'm like yo, hot class. Like what is happening here? What is happening? Um, damn favorite kitchen. This is a really hard one. Like this for is- me, is the air fryer. You know, because I could throw, I could throw out yesterday's French fries in there, and they'll come okay, out crispy. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say that. I'm gonna yeah, have to say that. It's a I'm good have to one. Say that. That's like, a good one. Yeah, because because the, the reheating power and also the cooking power. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a magical it's a magical thing. My sisters make fried Doritos in there, and they're delicious. All you gotta do is take the you know the Pillberry thing that you buy at the store. The mm-hmm. pillberries thing. Mm-hmm. You open it up. <laughs> you take a uh, Oreo cookie, put it in there, wrap it up, and then put it in the air fryer. It comes out, you know, smelling. Oh, so a fried Oreo. I yeah. was going to let you finish, but I was like, Doritos are already fried. Oh, my God. I how said Doritos? They, yes. Oh I was God. like, how are they making fried Doritos? But I was like, you know what? Let me mind my business and listen. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe she got, maybe she know about something I don't know about. No, no. Yeah, fried Oreos. Okay, Sorry, fried they Oreos. make fried Oreos in there. Okay, so they wrap yes. up the Oreo okay, yes. in that. Like the croissant one? Mm-hmm. Do they do it in the croissant mm-hmm. one? In the croissant one. Yeah, because I don't feel like it would be good in the biscuit. Yeah, I don't think so either. And it'll like puff off. It won't be as good. And then it comes out and they put the 
confetti, whatever sugar on it. Confectioner's sugar, the powder sugar. sugar. Yo, you, Ooh. yo, you be, she said the confetti sugar. <laughs> I like, yo. Like, I'm trying. I don't, I, I'm trying to connect with my brain, but I'm, just, I'm so in this chair right now that like, I don't, I'm, I'm not even thinking what, about anything what else. Is, that, is it that comfortable? The chair no. is that comfortable? No, I'm just present. Oh. <laughs> I'm just so present that I'm not even looking for the words. They just coming out. They just coming out. I like that. Um, what's your comfort food? Like you, you having a tough day, shit's hard. You haven't eaten. Like what? And and you got everything that you need. Like what are you? What are you eating? Mm. Or ordering out? You don't have to make it. You know what? I don't think I have a comfort food, but. Maybe some lemon pepper wing stop wings. Mm. What kind of dipping sauce? Their homemade ranch every day, all day. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, yeah. Mm, okay, that's gonna it's be my so order good. next time. I haven't tried them. I'm I'm a big Buffalo Wild Wings girl, and that's where I used to get the lemon okay, pepper. Okay, yeah. I was trying to refrain from calling you auntie, <laughs> but at this point, <laughs> you just said Buffalo Wild Wings. Okay, you're not only an auntie, you're an auntie <laughs> from Utah. <laughs> Okay, because what the hell? <laughs> do, do they even exist here anymore? I haven't seen them, but every time I see so them, so why like, are you a wow. Buffalo Wild Wings fan and they not even here? <laughs> what level of commitment is this? I'll tell you what. I used to work as a photographer at Disney World, so I used to live in Orlando, Orlando, <laughs> years ago before I even decided to move here, and that that was just our going out spot. Just go there, pound down a couple beers, get, try to get as hot as you can in that hot marker of like all the the wings. But the the they have a lemon pepper. No, they have a parmesan parmesan wings that were real good. That's why. And I used to get them boneless so that I could get straight to the point. You know, <laughs> and like, you like boneless? No, hell no, no. hell no. Okay, now nah, you don't is, like a classic wing. You driving me to drink. Where, 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 where's, <laughs> this, where's this? Where's you said there was more where that came from. Yeah. <laughs> pour it in my cup. Pour it, pour it in my cup. All right. What would be your last meal? Mm. Oh God, the sugar cane juice is so good. <laughs> that sugar cane juice <sighs> is so good. You just—I need you to know—you made my day, girl. <laughs> So I always bring a bevy oh my God. for my episodes. And so what you brought for your last person? Uh, mimosas. Oh, see, that's some champagne shit. and orange juice. And my first one uh, is sober. So that was a mocktail. And I'm taking a break from drinking. So we have some sugar cane. And you put me onto this. So you're taking a break from drinking. Why? Yeah. Um, why not? That's not that answer. I know, right? I was trying to be cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you cannot, you cannot be cool, Buffalo Wild Wings lady. Oh man, it's dead. It's done for. It's me now. done for you now, and they boneless. Forget about it. <laughs> so, there's no benefits to drinking alcohol other than like obviously like having a great time. Um, I've been drinking for a long time, like twenty-ish years, and. I spent a lot of money on alcohol because, you know, in Miami, one drink is $25. <laughs> um, How times have changed. Yeah. And then I uh, I was drinking every day. And it wasn't like getting trash blackout every day. It was just like I realized I started taking tallies of my drinks. And every day I was drinking. It was like one day was two, then six, next day eight, next day two, next day three, four. And I was like, damn, every day. 
So it's easy to drink every day for me, especially because I love to like pair wine with food. Mm-hmm, and if mm-hmm. I'm cooking, I'm going to open up a bottle of yeah, you know, yeah. wine. <laughs> and like, you know, happy hours. I love a little cocktail before dinner starts. And then, you know, with the appetizers, the second cocktail. <laughs> and then the food's here. So now we got to get the wine. And then it's dessert time. So I'm, I'm a dessert wine girl. So I'm getting my Sancerre, my Dekem, you know what I'm saying? And so easily I could drink six drinks every day. Um so I just started watching it, decided one day to just consciously start looking at it. Mm. And that's why I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to take a break. And then the gym that I go to here, they're doing this like transformation challenge. I'm about to say, and I've, and I've been seeing you being in the gym and all that. Yeah. So they, they didn't say you can't drink, but I decided myself to just take that break for those 42 days. Word. And then after that, I'm going to see how I feel about it, you know? Yeah, facts. Yeah. So I'm just taking a little break from it. Sticking. Okay. Today's day, like, I don't know, 18, 17, something like Good that. Good job. I know, right? Yeah. I know you're like, this Good ain't drinking. Job. No, that's no, good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, that's so, good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I obviously live a very social life and most definitely have never drank more in my life than at, than than during success. <laughs> when I was a regular degular, you know what I'm saying? Just going to teach dance and then coming home in my basement apartment in the Bronx. I wasn't thinking I wasn't even thinking about drinking. Mm-hmm. Now, now I host people or host parties or host like it's just like it's yeah. So I mean I get you. Yeah. And it could rack up. It could really rack up for real. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah. Um I'm from the Bronx in Washington Heights. Where oh, where did where in the Bronx was your basement apartment? Uh on Magenta Street oh. in um, oh I'm trying to visually see it again because I'm um. Blanking. Is it like West by Fordham or like two Parkchester? Train. Oh, the two train. Okay, two train. Maybe by Jackson. No, no. Uh, I never rode the two train into the BX. Yeah, because see, a lot of the most thorough the because I wasn't where the thorough BX BXs <laughs> were that because y'all they all take the four and the five. No, low key, I was scared of that two train. Yeah, we take the four, the five, <laughs> the six, and the <laughs> D. <laughs> yeah, but no, White Plains Road. Oh, there we okay. go. Yeah, okay, yeah. came back. Woo, White Plains Road. Okay. Yeah, White Plains Road. That's where I was at. I was at. I was over there. All right, what? We had houses over there where I was I at. I know. Okay, yeah. we didn't have buildings. And a big old cemetery back and there, a park- I think. Wow. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> She's shooting fire shots at me. I just I think that's happening. Wait, this question. What was the last meal you cooked? I know you were you were like hotel living for the last yeah, <laughs> for, yeah, for yeah. the last couple of weeks. So I think it's, And it's still my cooking has still been kinda sad. Uh the last thing I did, so I've been being becoming more conscientious, getting back to being on my on my shit. Um so I the last thing I made was <laughs> wait, as I say this, I made a chopped cheese wrap mm. with a low carb wrap. Wow. Chopped cheese wrap. What was the wrap? Uh, a low carb tortilla. Wow! And I had some, you know that them them bruised looking tomatoes, mm-hmm. the ones that look red, mm-hmm. tomato or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, I yeah. chopped up some of that. Chopped up some avocado, some spinach. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, that was the last thing. That was the last meal I made for myself. And what would be your last meal? Let's say you're like, all right, I'm about to, I'm about to leave this Just world. Very much <laughs> dark. <laughs> Dark Honestly, because we're say, not gonna be able to eat no more, or dark because because it's gonna death. be because <laughs> of death. I feel like it would be um, 
And it would, I, listen, don't fuck up my last meal, all right? That's just one thing I need to not happen. Do not mess up my last meal. I need it to be a perfectly cooked, medium rare, ribeye steak, bone in, and an amazingly uh, charbroiled lobster. Silky miso mashed potatoes. Mm. And I want some sauteed spinach and garlic on the side. Mm. Wow. Everything perfectly seasoned, please. Season your food. And what can we get you to drink, ma'am? Sugar cane juice. <laughs> a gallon. Yeah, cheers to that. A gallon. <laughs> Give me a big old sushi boat, and that's it. I'm happy. Life was good. <laughs> a sushi boat? Yeah, just a big old sushi boat with fresh fish on it, and then I'm out. And then I'm out. <laughs> A sushi bowl sounds nice. Last is it going to be a lobster cocktail on there too? Or is it just going to be all sushi? Like nigiri, sashimi? Nigiri, just sashimi, yeah, but like, the rice, the rice got to be in there. You know? You yeah, so a little bit of both. Yeah. Okay, okay. They could throw some lobster in there if they want, but I'll just take the sushi. Yeah, yeah, they don't really be putting lobster on top of the sushi like that for real. Last question. Do you feel like you have found your purpose? Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thank you for being here. Today was so much fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I got a sugar never, high from the sugar cane you juice. You never know if people, you know, if people are going to like what you like. And I feel like, too, I'm like, I think the more you live, the less you talk. And I feel like, I'm like, damn, like, how do I use these words for real mm. to like really express this thing that's so ethereal and so magical and so unknown, but also so intuitive as life is and as the journey is. It's kind of hard now. It feels harder um, as I go, as I learn more. So, but thank you. I'm glad you had a good time. Yes. Yeah. Well, be here. You can um, find Octavia on Instagram, OctaviaYearwood.com. If you want to get the book, it's on Amazon too. No, 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 no. I took it off of Amazon. Oh, you took it on. Yeah, because oh. they started selling my. They started uh, trying to resell my book for like eight hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. Jesus. Yeah, they started. So I took it all the way off Amazon. It's only available on my website. It's currently actually sold out. I'm, I'm doing. I'm running a reprint now, um, and uh, but the e, but the ebook is there. Cool. And subscribes to Food for the Culture, Cooking for the Culture on YouTube. Yep. And, and on Instagram. Yeah, and on Instagram. And you can find Octavia around Miami showing everybody a good old time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Make sure y'all like and subscribe on the YouTube. I'm really trying to build that up big time. And um, make sure you just give yourself a chance and enjoy this journey. Where? Oh. <laughs> Oh, this is a thing here? No, just oh. now. <laughs> she just made it up. <laughs> I like it.